I'm Delina. I'm Diane. And I'm Gabby. And together we present One Podcast Fits All. We're three Latinas who refuse to fit in. We'll talk about our struggles, triumphs, and everyday life situations. Like this one time at a party full of hot people, I went to sit down with a plate full of appetizers when my chair broke. Or that one time I got broken up with via messenger. Ooh. Or that one time when the wasp stung me on my hoo-ha and I cursed in the middle of a church service. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and all podcast platforms. Yeah, you literally listening to us like right now. Like, like us, please. Pretty please do it. We need your validation. One podcast fits all. Every Tuesday. Launching on November 2nd. Yo, 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 it's the Pot Smoking Moms podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I am your host, Sunny D, along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hello, hello. Hey, if you like our show, uh, please rate our show, review it, subscribe to our show on all of the share podcast it. platforms, share it, be friends with us. Um. Potsmokingmoms.com. That's the website. It's pretty easy, simple. All of our social medias are there, um, including our TikTok that's no longer there. Yeah. Have we gotten the data for that yet? No. Like, how does that work? You know, uh, I requested it. I looked at it again today. It was weird because the first time they sent it to me, but then my account, well, the account was reinstated. Uh, now it's like, oh, we reviewed, we reviewed your appeal and declined and, or, or whatever. And like banned you permanently. But like, I don't know. Did they like, did they just read the appeal that was from back in September? I don't understand how <laughs> this whole thing works. Like, I don't get we it. we didn't appeal it this time. Like, yeah, we didn't get enough opportunity to appeal it, but, um, Whatever it is, what it is. Like I'm not. It had to be because of those bitches. Yeah, I. I it was. It was right after they started. Always, and, and all it's, of a sudden, and it's always like that, isn't it? It's crazy. The haters, they start like just coming after you. But it was so silly. It was such a misunderstanding. And it's like the 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 sad part is is that I can't blame them because TikTok kind of sets you up to 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 be pit against each other, like. It doesn't have to be this way because obviously, like, I don't know. I feel like jealousy has a lot to play into it. But, like, the platform itself, since it takes people's stuff down, like, right now Seth Rogen has a video out. I don't know. You've yeah, seen it probably. Yeah, I saw it with him rolling a J on his yeah. rolling tree. And a bunch of these creators are, like, doing the thing where they duet it and get their video complain taken down. It. Right, and complain about it. So these ladies that I stole, so it's the, the, oh no, my table is broken. You know that stupid fucking sound? Yeah. So I did a version of it for stoners as we do for everything. We turn every, every, we turn every trend trend, into weed. Yeah, exactly. So we did one of that. Somebody else did one similar with different words before me. How many variations could they be? Yeah, really? exactly. How many fucking variations of that bullshit can you do? She did one. 
before me. Then all of her friends got on my personal, my pot smoking mom page, which is still, luckily that one is still, but it's on, it's abandoned until the 27th, which makes me like, oh, well, I don't fucking want to post anything because I don't, I, even after, because like, what, what? I blocked all these bitches, by the way, <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, and there was a misunderstanding. I was like, oh, I thought they said, because remember how uh, my sound is, you know, whatever, it's TikTok. Their sounds are used over and over again, and it's yeah. not like it was a frame by frame. I've seen people who steal stuff, and it's literally frame by frame their their whole entire TikTok. This yeah. is me sitting in the freaking sitting down the whole time. It's like whatever, three seconds. Anyways, they thought I stole it, and it was like, whatever, fucking... I mean, it's not a super original idea. I'm sure every stoner that has heard that trending sound and smoked weed thought of something similar. Right. To yeah. parody it. And, I'm not, and I have made a comment. I don't know if that made them more mad after I realized that they were saying I stole their content and not that they stole my content, because that's what was, I originally thought. And I was like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> Who cares? They thought I was saying, who cares? Because they were telling me I stole it. And I was like, ha, who cares, right? So they thought I was mocking yeah, them. Yeah, so that just angered them more. Yeah. So then afterwards, and I finally figured it out, I was like, oh, no. I've never even seen you guys' account before. Like, I've never, I have not, I've never stolen this from you before. Like, it's the nature of how, like, how long have you been on TikTok that this is infuriating you? Because you're going to hate it here. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to hate it here. Because it's TikTok is just a remix, remixing everything. Anyways, you know what? What do we? I'm gonna. I gotta smoke this before I keep talking yeah, about this. Yeah, let's talk about bullshit. what we're gonna smoke. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you smoking? I'm smoking some of the waffle cone from the flowery. Oh, me too. Yeah, hell yeah. We both got a waffle cone. I rolled a little J. You've been I've on been the J. J lately yeah. When we're recording, because it's easier to just hit it whenever I want. Hit it and quit Here's it. If you guys got it. Light it up. Because okay. you can't do it on TikTok. Yeah. Thanksgiving is this week. You have any plans? One of my dad's. My sister's in town. Pretty much it. Are you guys doing Thanksgiving at home? We're going to stop by my sister's and an aunt. You're going to go to multiple places in one day? Yeah. I don't want to, but I always feel bad. I, I, I stopped honestly... doing that years ago. I'm like, we're alternating holidays. That's. Because <laughs> we have my family, my family, I'm a, my parents divorced when I was a baby. So I have my dad's side, my mom's side, and then I have my husband's side. I know there's too many sides. That's everybody. Everybody has blended yeah. families. It's, it's, it's too many sides. I was telling my husband, I just, I was about to say, no, I just, I'm going to stay home, you know, because then we have two kids too. We have to schlep around all, all around town, but whatever. At least I don't have to cook the entire meal. Like, you know, I can just cook a yeah. little part and take it to their house. That's it. Yeah. So I'm making like three things, two, three things. I'm, I haven't decided if I'm making the mac and cheese or not. I'm but making I'm definitely mac and making cheese. my famous pumpkin bars. 
my pumpkin cake bars and uh, crunchy, cheesy potatoes. Oh, crunchy, cheesy potato. That sounds great. I do the mac and cheese. I do a uh, Paula Deen's uh, crock pot mac. So good. Oh, yeah. It must be good. I have some lots of butter and butter cheese. and cheese. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's everybody's always like, well, it's I usually everybody's like, please make that or the um, I used to make rum cake, a really good yeah, rum. Yeah, I remember your rum cake. Yeah, but I've like no, that's too much work. After kids, I was like, no, bro, what's the easiest thing? Stick it in the microwave. I don't have time for this shit. Next year we can bring back Friendsgiving. We used to do Friendsgiving every year, the day after. Yeah, but even that, even that, if with kids and stuff. I mean, unless it's a home that has set up for kids, but even Friendsgiving is just like too many thing, too many places to go. <laughs> it's not on the same day as Thanksgiving. I know. What I liked about Friendsgiving, we used we usually just. I always still made stuff for it, but. Everybody would just bring leftovers and we'd share leftovers. Yeah. And then Friendsgiving. Bless you over there to Johnny. You can hear the sneeze. I sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let him know. It's funny. So um, this is a very special episode. Later on, we do have an interview with one of our uh, day ones. She's been around since the beginning of Pot Smoking Moms, our very good friend, Lauren. Um, She's interesting. She has a really interesting story. She, you know, um, smoked pot and her husband was very against it. And I mean, you know, some there's a lot of a lot of times we get hit up with people that say, "Hey, I have a, uh, what happens when you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't like weed or doesn't is does not like you smoking weed?" And um, if that's you, then this this interview, this episode, it was a it was a big part of it. It's how he used to control her, but it was definitely an abusive and emotional. Oh, for sure, there was situation. so many different factors, right? It's yeah. it wasn't just the weed. The weed was a big thing. But there were definitely other other factors that contributed, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's it's even if it's something like that, it just makes you take a look at the whole thing and puts things into perspective. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely stick around and listen to that interview a little bit later to, uh, in the show. You put this here, but I, I, I really I have nothing to say because I don't. I don't like I, sometimes I have to take a, a break from the news. Sometimes I have to take a break from social media. I mean. It's hard, but like this Kyle Rittenhouse shit, like I, I know, I know the gist of it and it's just, it's the same shit that happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I just put it because it's like the biggest headline this week and I feel that it, it, it just needs to be talked about as much as possible. The privilege that white men have. And if this was a different scenario where it was, it didn't doesn't even have to be probably a, a black person. It could be a you know Latino person or whatever going to a MAGA rally to defend the businesses from rioters there, and they killed two people. You know, it'd probably be a, a way different story on the outcome, and it's just always unfair, and we just see it over. And yeah, over absolutely. And over just and the, over again. the treatment is 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 blatant, blatantly different. You see the treatment when these mass murders get finished mowing down fucking a bunch of innocent people in a church, at a school. These perpetrators. 
It, right. Yeah, they take him to go they get a milkshake. Like, you know, some. And meanwhile, black and, uh, black and brown folks will be. I mean, I can't even tell you how many scenarios of unarmed men have been, you know, shot by police and, and just. It's it, it just it just keeps happening and it's like I, I we I actually don't... do talk about it a little bit also in a future interview that we'll be having on the show with um with Brittany, Brittany. from a green legacy yeah yeah we and because we just recently talked to her too so it was very very fresh um but yeah it's crazy and then the astral world too. I know, my God, these back to back terrible, terrible. I know moves. these two awful stories back to back. But but I saw the update that it's now ten people. Yeah. Confirmed dead. The nine year old ended up dying yeah, in the oh, hospital. Yeah. That was coming. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, and there's terrible. Both Travis Scott and Drake are now facing tons of lawsuits, equaling up to two billion dollars from over two hundred attendees, as they should. They should be suing Travis Scott, everybody there. What is it? Live Nation. Yeah, uh, it's 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 just it's insane that level of irresponsibility and just how they didn't have that. How they didn't have the backup to to take care of that situation and how uh, I just we talked about it the last episode. Yeah, we huh? talked about it already. Just... I mean, just the fact that he didn't stop the show when he could. I mean, he's a father. He had to have known there was children there. He, it didn't. You don't hear the people chanting, "Please stop the show!" Like, yeah, you know, like, I know on. those like, videos are. Ugh, yeah, yeah, it's bad. It, it's bad, and we've talked about how we it's we've seen it firsthand. What that kind of stuff that he, do. that he did release of him apologizing about it. It didn't seem. Like, he really was genuine. He was, like, acting like if he was distraught. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go to happier news. Let's go to happier. Happier news. Uh, we're still taking Disney a trip to Disney. Disney trip. <laughs> February 11th through the 13th. Psyched about that. No sad that stuff there. Fun. That'll be fun. That's going to be fun. I think, like... We should take chocolate with us. Yeah. For the weekend. Not yeah. Staying necessarily with us into a place. Yeah, don't incriminate us. Like <laughs> don't incriminate us. Hey, what's it's chocolate. Right, it's chocolate. chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean. Instagram live Wednesday nights. Um, okay. Well, first of all, for okay, I'm sorry. Going back to the PSM Disney trip, if you would like to meet us out in Orlando, or if you'd like to meet us February 11th through the 13th, if you want to hang out, send us a message. In the most magical place on earth. Yeah, send us a message. Or just in Orlando, it doesn't have to be in Disney. <laughs> right. Instagram Live Wednesday nights. I don't know. I'm really, I'm taxed out. Like, I am so. I know. So, I don't really, I don't want to make any promises. If everybody really, really wants it, they can let us know. But ultimately, then it'll be kind of like tentative. Like, it'll happen. You hear that, guys? If you're listening today on Wednesday, if you want Instagram Live, you have to DM. Yeah, you got to fucking. I mean, because I'll do it. (laughs) But. Only if you want me to do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
so much. I have like, <laughs> you know how it goes. You know, moms, you know how it goes. Uh, should we uh, skip right to the news? Are we are we ready for the news? I'm ready for the news. All right, here we go. The nuggiest news. The nuggiest news. So this is Thanksgiving. So in keeping with our Thanksgiving theme, Biden pardons turkeys, but White House has nothing new on relief for marijuana prisoners. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, Joe. President Joe Biden ceremonially pardoned a pair of turkeys on Friday ahead of next week's Thanksgiving holiday, but asked whether he'd also extend clemency to people incarcerated in prison, federal prison, over marijuana offenses. The president and administrative officials didn't have much to say. When Stephen Nielsen of the New York Post directly pressed Biden on whether he would be pardoning any people in addition to turkeys. The president treated the question as a joke. You need a pardon? The president quipped to the reporter. He didn't reply to a follow-up question about marijuana prisoners as he walked away from the assembled journalists. Are any humans going to be pardoned by President Biden? There are people who are serving life in prison for marijuana and want him to honor his commitment to release everyone in prison for pot. The New York Post reporter said, are people going to get pardoned as well by President Biden? Saki replied that she had nothing new to update you on, but the president is, of course, will look into the use of clemency powers, she added. He's talked about his approach or his view on nonviolent drug offenders, but I don't have anything to update you on that today. It was a different tone than when the press secretary responded to a separate question about the Thanksgiving turkeys. When another reporter asked where the birds will go after their ceremonially pardoned, she said it was an important question, noting that the birds stayed in a hotel prior to Friday's event. <laughs> all told, the episode, all told, the episode speaks to the frustration of many advocates who have grown impatient with the president who have served 10 months in the Oval Office without having exercised his executive authority to fulfill his cannabis campaign pledge. Every day that goes by without pardon action, President Biden is breaking the promise he made to Senator Cory Booker and the American public in his campaign for the presidency. Justin Strickall, political director of Normal, told Marijuana Moment. He should pardon people, not just birds. (laughs) Motherfucker. I know, this is... So while Biden's opposition to adult use marijuana legalization is well known, activists have been holding out hope that he would at least move ahead with clemency effort for those who continue to serve time in federal prison over cannabis. The non-comments from the president and the White House officials come about a week after a group of senators sent a letter urging President Biden to use his executive authority to grant grant a mass pardon for people with nonviolent marijuana convictions. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who led that letter, said during an interview that Biden could boost the economy and promote racial equality with the stroke of a pen by granting the relief. A recently published Congressional Research Service report affirmed that the president has 
it within its his power to grant the mass pardons for cannabis offenses. It also said that the administration can move to federally legalize cannabis without waiting for lawmakers to act. Relatedly, a group of more than 150 celebrities, athletes, politicians, law enforcement professionals, and academics signed a letter that was delivered to Biden in September urging him to issue a full, complete, and unconditional pardon to all people with nonviolent federal marijuana convictions. That letter came just as the administration started encouraging about 1,000 people who were temporarily placed on home confinement for federal drug offenses to fill out clemency application forms. Early in his administration, Biden received a letter from the 37 members of Congress that called on him to use executive authority to use to mass pardon all people with nonviolent marijuana convictions. Like they've asked him like a hundred times. They're just like, he's been asked several times. Uh, the ask for this unique form of presidential clemency is modeled on actions taken by President Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter in the 1970s to categorically forgive Americans who avoided the draft for the Vietnam War. At the same time that this trio of senators is pushing for a blanket pardon, lawmakers in both chambers are hoping to advance comprehensive le legislation to end prohibition. We talked about this before. The House Judiciary Committee in September approved a bill to federally legalize marijuana, and the state Senate leadership is in the process of finalizing their own uh, reform proposal, and the Republicans, members of Congress, are also introducing a bill uh, to federally legalize and tax marijuana. Warren and Senator Cory Booker separately sent a letter to the Attorney General last month, making the case that the Justice Department should initiate a marijuana descheduling process in order to allow states to regulate cannabis as they see fit, begin to remedy the harm caused by decades of racial disparities in enforcement of cannabis laws, and facilitate valuable medical research. The White House said in August that the president was looking into his executive authority to grant clemency to people with certain nonviolent drug convictions. But apparently there's nothing new to report to that end as of Friday. Instead, Biden reserved his clemency powers for the turkeys by the power <laughs> vested in me as president of the United States. I pardon you, he told the birds. I pardon you this Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. So uh, Biden has faced criticism from drug policy reform advocates who've grown frustrated that he's yet to make a good on his campaign promises, such as decriminalizing marijuana possession. The president also campaigned on expunging prior cannabis records and respecting the rights of states to set their own laws. Since taking office, however, his administration has made little progress on any of these pledges and has instead fired its own White House staffers over marijuana, we've reported that before, and sought to extend a budget provision that has blocked Washington, D.C. from legalizing cannabis sales. In April, Saki was pressed on Biden's clemency promise for people with federal marijuana and said that process will start with modestly rescheduling cannabis a proposal that advocates say wouldn't actually accomplish what she's suggesting. Moving cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2 under the Controlled Substances Act, as Biden is proposing, would facilitate mass clemency given that being convicted for crimes related to drugs in that slightly lower category, which currently includes cocaine, also carries significant penalties. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so frustrating. Just Life so is just so frustrating. This is like it's one more it's like, thing. Uh, I'll pretend I'm a little bit cannabis friendly to try to get yeah to appeal or whatever. Uh -huh. But 
I mean, just, I mean, th these people are sitting in jail while people are, other people are benefiting by the millions for doing what they did. Just some, not even, are very small possession charges. They've had extremely horribly long sentences. It's just unfair. But meanwhile, in Germany, they're set to legalize marijuana nationwide after major parties reach oh, to Germany. Me, huh? To me, this story was cool because I lived there, so <laughs> it's kind of like another home to me. So I was like, "Oh, yay!" So the next time you go, there? you'll be able to smoke weed there. See, look, that's a good story. Do the yay! Do it. So party leaders in Germany's incoming government coalition have reached an agreement to legalize marijuana nationwide. The legalization legislation is expected to be introduced during the upcoming legislative session. It will also provide broader drug harm reduction services and restrict advertising of tobacco and alcohol along with cannabis. As it stands, personal possession of marijuana is decriminalized in Germany, and there is a medical cannabis program in place. But this forthcoming proposal would seek to establish a regulated market for adult-use marijuana. The governing coalition comprised of the Social Democratic Party of Germany, the Free Democratic Party, and the Greens. <laughs> Just another party called the Greens. <laughs> the Greens. This is a family called the Greens. <laughs> said that it will be introducing the controlled distribution of cannabis to adults for recreational purposes in licensed shops, according to a translation of a multi-party working group report first noted by Funky Media and circulated by Der Spiegel. Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. <laughs> the so-called traffic light coalition is making the case that regulating marijuana sales will help drive out the illicit market that will be revisited four years post-implementation when a review of the social impact of the reform will, be, reform will be required. And while the lawmakers emphasize that the objective of the reform is not to boost tax revenue for the country, the FDP said in its election manifesto that ta taxing cannabis-like cannabis -like cigarettes could generate 1 billion euro annually. This they know it. 1 billion euro Annually, what? What would you say? I said they know it. Cha-ching. Oh, yeah, they know it. <laughs> <laughs> this reform has been a long time in the coming uh, and Germany. It was in 2017 when members of the Christian Democratic Union and its ally, the Christian Social Union, entered into talks with Free Democrats and Greens about advocating. <laughs> I love that name of the parties. Greens. But advocate advancing le uh, legalization. Police unions in Germany, of course, have come out against plans to legalize marijuana. Police are always against it. <laughs> Cops are always like, no, it has to stay illegal everywhere, even in Germany. Uh, why? It may, it'll make their jobs so much easier. I don't that. fucking understand. It'll be it'll make their jobs so much more easier. In neighboring Luxembourg, the Ministers of Justice and Homeland Security last month unveiled a legalization proposal, which will still uh, require a vote in the parliament, but is expected to pass. For now, the country is focusing on legalization within a home setting. Parliament is expected to vote on the proposal in early 2022, and the ruling parties are friendly to the reform. If either Germany or Luxembourg moves ahead and enacts the reform, they would be the first in Europe to do so. Canada and Uruguay have already legalized recreational can cannabis. In North America, meanwhile, 
Oh, hold on. Basically. Hold on. Let me hold on. <laughs> and no, if in North America, meanwhile, we'll, this is basically going to say all the things we've said several times. The U.S. House Judiciary Committee approved a bill in September to legalize marijuana and promote social equity. Senate leadership is also finalizing a comprehensive reform proposal, and several Republican members of Congress introduced a bill to federally legalize and tax marijuana. Those are the efforts here. And in Mexico, the legislators expected to vote on a bill to regulate cannabis within weeks. A top senator recently said that comes after the Supreme Court invalidated prohibition on constitutional grounds. So a lot of other countries are ahead of the game for getting it done. Yeah, bro. America is, is, is lost in the smoke, bro. They're just back go there. Back to, I'm going to go back to Germany. Yeah, well, now... <laughs> well now hey everybody here's a segment you all love 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 I love you Miami and Levon loves you back the flamingo is in the running to replace the mockingbird as Florida's state bird which is I no mean, surprise to us it does totally make it sense it makes sense right yeah flamingo's totally synonymous with Florida it's like at least South Florida like, listeners when you think of Florida, what do you think the state bird should yeah, be? What bird be comes into mind? I always think flamingos because of the opening scene to Miami Vice. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, yeah, bro. They, opening they scene to Miami it. Vice. They mention it in the story. Oh, they do? Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure <laughs> After nearly a century of on its lofty perch, the northern mockingbird <laughs> may be singing its last melodies as the state bird of Florida. An effort is taking flight to replace. I see what you did there, Mr. Ryder guy. Or girl. This guy. NPR.org right here. Oh, really? An effort is taking flight to replace the far ranging musical mockingbird with a bird that is more identifiable as distinctly Floridian. Part of what we're working to do is highlight that Florida has these incredible species and we should recognize the bird that most represents Florida, said se says State Senator Jeff Brandes, a St. Petersburg Republican whose re legislation would strip the mockingbird of its title. To me, it's a fun conversation to have. Such a fun guy, Jeff. For a new state bird. Yes, it is. Let's get everybody talking about birds. The bird, bird, bird. So the bird is the word. The bird, bird, the bird, 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 bird is the word. Suggestions for a new state bird are all over the map, but four main contenders have emerged. The Florida scrub jay, flamingo, osprey, and rosate spoonbill. I don't know any of these birds, but there's bird geeks that like know that shit. I know. I have, uh, I have some of my friends. Yeah, me and my friends that are bird and, geeks like, too. And like we're driving in the car. They're like, whoa, that's a so-and-so that just flew by. And I'm like, okay, mm. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was a cool bird. <laughs> swallow, white swallowtail. Oh, look, white ibis. Uh, I get a lot of my backyard, a lot of white ibis. Uh, I feel like the white ibis is a very common Florida That's bird. common too. A lot. Yeah. And it's the hurricane's mascot. Miami Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. They have a white ibis. So the white ibis, uh, the swallow-tailed kite, and the wood stork also get mentioned. Some joke, it should be the construction that's crane. That's pretty good. Wow. I think that's funny. <laughs> hey, downtown Miami, bro, there's construction cranes everywhere. <laughs> there are construction <laughs> cranes everywhere, but they're not birds. Right. So the gray and white 
Mockingbird, celebrated in literature and music, has been Florida State Bird since 1927, when the state was much more agriculture and less populated on the coast. It may not be quite as representative of today's bustling modern Florida, and four other states also call it the state bird. Yeah, man. There's four well, other four states, other that states have, have a mockingbird. mockingbird. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like. Yeah, like be original, bro. Mockingbird is represented enough. Okay. Is a flamingo? No is one, a... Nobody has a flamingo as a bird, right? There's I, nobody. I Only know. Florida would. But it has supporters, including Marion Hammer, the lobbyist in Florida for the National, the, uh, National Rifle Association and executive director, director of the Unified Sportsman of Florida. She wrote in a recent opinion piece that the Mockingbird deserves our continued love. Even more reason to get yeah. rid of the Mockingbird if that lady supporting me. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> The NRA, get out of here. The Mockingbird <laughs> is a well-established, independent, prolific bird that doesn't need government protection or our tax dollars to survive, Hammer wrote. <laughs> it can be seen, watched, studied, and enjoyed by children and adults on any given day in all eras of Florida. The I same, love the voice you give That's her. her. I don't know who she is, but that's what she sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> the same cannot be said of the Florida scrub jay. I don't want no scrubs. Described by the <laughs> Cornell Lab of Ornithology as the sole bird species found only in Florida. Trouble oh, is, really? says, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's only found in Florida. The Florida scrub jay. That's why it has the word Florida in its name. And that's why it's called scrub. <laughs> the scrub. Yeah, it's a scrub. Total scrub. Lots of scrubs here. Trouble is, there are only about 4,000 of them concentrated in Central Florida, and the federal government lists them as threatened. Oh. Why is that a problem? Turns out they like the scrubs. They're down with the scrubs. Brandy's did not suggest a mockingbird replacement in his legislation, but separate bills in the state, House, and Senate would elevate the blue-headed scrub jay to the honorary post. (laughs) This is so, like, official. Yeah, these people are... One of those... This like official bird talk here. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, one of those bills is sponsored by Senator uh, Tina Polsky, a Boca Raton Democrat. She argued in a recent editorial that the scrub jay represents the hardworking, family-oriented nature of our residents. Friendly, cooperative, family-oriented, bold, curious, talented builder, protective, shares chores, stays close to home, and does this. Does this sound like someone you would want to re- represent your community? You know, it's so wonderful to see all these dumbass politicians fucking <laughs> hammering, you know, about a fucking bird here. Well, it's like there's plenty of other things you jackasses could be doing instead of sitting here talking about which bird should do what. Like, seriously, bro? Come on. I know. This is hilarious. It is hilarious. Not to be left out, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission voted in early October to support naming the fish praying osprey to represent the state. The commission did the same thing in 2009 after a poll of 77,000 school students. Are you kidding me? They're getting students involved in this shit? They're sending out fucking petitions to everybody? They're students in schools. They're like, what do you think? 
bagging your groceries. Hey, can you, do you want to sign here to make sure that the Mockingbird gets voted out of the fucking... uh, 77,000 school students resulted in a victory for the large raptor commonly seen building big nests or roosting on light poles near bodies of water. So apparently students like the The fish praying osprey. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way it's going to go. If you know the legislature... (laughs) These guys are so serious about, you know, I mean, you could have 77,000 students. You could have a hundred million thousand students, but we're talking birds here and we're going to make sure that's the right bird that fits what Florida stands for. (laughs) My, oh, my turn. The bright pink American flamingo is a different story, often linked to Florida in popular culture. Think state lottery ticket logos, plastic lawn ornaments, or the Miami Vice opening credits. For decades, it was considered a foreign interloper. Even uh, the logo for one podcast fits all is also flamingos. (laughs) That changed in recent years when researchers proved flamingos are native to the Sunshine State, but were mercilessly hunted to near extinction in the early 20th century. They have since rebounded, bolstered by captive flocks like the one at the Hialeah horse track, but exist mainly in the Everglades, the Florida Keys, and around Biscayne Bay in Miami. By the way, do you know that, uh, just my husband told me this, Santa's Enchanted Forest is no longer in Tropical Park, now it's at Hialeah Racetrack. I heard it move. Yeah. I heard it We should go check it out. I mean, I'm probably sure it's still the same dusty-ass equipment, lights, and fucking shitty animatronics. the money it costs. How much does it cost? Is it that expensive? I don't know, but I don't think it's worth it. No. And to be... No, I'm good. I'll look at pictures... I don't know. I figured it's something to do. It's, It's something to do that's not, you know, sitting in your house staring... At your phone, right? Or your whatever. Yeah, but I, I'd rather do other things. <laughs> You're right. We'll go to Disney in February instead of going to fucking <laughs> Santa's Enchanted Forest. I'd rather go to that thing where you drive through all the decorations. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I've been to one of those and it's not that great. It's like, eh, me, eh. You go in there for two minutes and you're like, okay, cool. Well, I recently had a friend that went there and they said, don't go. It was awful. To, uh, to Enchanted? To the, to the new Enchanted Forest. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, the rosette spoon bill, like the flamingo. <laughs> Back to the birds, you guys. <laughs> it's a large pink weighted bird. Is more widespread in the state and is not listed as threatened. They have a unique round rounded bills used for <laughs> scooping food in shallow waters and usually live near shorelines or on islands. We should have given a like uh, an alert at the beginning of the episode and been like, if you love birds, you'll love today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> to Julie Rathmill, executive director of uh, WM Florida, any debate about Florida birds is a good thing, especially if it raises consciousness about what needed to protect them, such as habitat, conservation, water quality improvements, and Everglades restoration. True that. True that, Julie. You're right. Being the state bird doesn't confer any protection on the bird. We just get excited when people are talking about it and acknowledge how integral birds are to the quality of Florida, the life in Florida, she said. 
we're hoping that through these conversations, people will want to get more involved. And now everybody's going to hate me because that's going to be stuck in their head. In their head for the rest of the day. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, look, it says here that the future of the Mockingbird will likely be debated during the 2022 Florida legislation session that begins January 11th. So when we go for lobby day. We're gonna take a We're picture. We're gonna be lobbying for cannabis. Dressed as flamingos. flamingos. Dressed as flamingos. <laughs> We're gonna be flamingos that want to smoke some weed. We're gonna be like, yo, we love flamingos. Let's get two things. Let's to kill two birds. <laughs> like, right let, let's. I was gonna say, let's kill two flamingo. birds with one stone. Maybe that's not the right thing I want to say. Dressed up as a flamingo, though. But we could get two things taken care of over there. We're gonna make yeah. sure the flamingos are stapled. You know, make sure they legalize cannabis the right way. That's right. <laughs> Our mission statement. Our mission statement. <laughs> I mean, we'll get, we're going to make that. We're going to make the Florida bird a flamingo. We're going to make you guys have weed. No strings attached. No strings attached. This next interview, you're going to love. Uh, we love her because we love her. She is just so great, and she is oh my god. The last few years have been just transformational for her. And if it, I mean, if it, her story should either motivate you or inspire you or give you courage, um, you know, or just let you know that you know from one thing can spark a million other wonderful things. Um, so we hope you enjoy this interview with our good friend Lauren. You know, your story is interesting because we get people that hit us up in the DMs all the time asking for there's like, OK, there's a couple of specific questions we get a lot. And one angle is always like, what what happens if I'm in a relationship with someone who doesn't like weed? And I do. So your story, I think, is very important. Uh, it's very um, I think a lot of people are going to relate to you with uh, your story, Lauren. Yes, uh, you know. I was hesitant to like reach out to you guys um, and like talk about this because it is pretty personal. And it, it also is like, um, I meant talk about it on air. Cause obviously you guys really helped me like really figure out that I wasn't a problem, <laughs> you know? And when you're in a relationship with someone you know, you have problems that like you guys deal with, but in my relationship, I was the problem. And, and I think like, uh, obviously it wasn't always like that when I first met my ex-husband. Um, and when I say I was the problem, my smoking was the problem. Um, I met my ex-husband when my daughter who's 10 now was only like a year and a half. Um, and, I had just separated from my ex, her father, and he was divorced. And he also had a daughter who's like a year older than me. And um, so, you know, we had that in common and like, I felt, I felt really hard for him. Um, I, I smoked weed, weed, like in the beginning (laughs) when we met. Um, And I, um, he was, 
you know, fine with that. Like he would, he didn't smoke because he felt like he was the type of person that always had to be in control. Yeah. Which is is kind of weird. Yeah. Because, because when I think of alcohol and when I think of weed, I feel like I'm more in control when I'm stoned than if I get. Yeah. That's how I feel too. But, um, but when, when he like, I don't know, it was just his preference. Um, which I really didn't like drinking, but when I was with him, I did drink, um, because that was like a way we, we bonded. I it guess. was more acceptable and, for him. Yeah, it was. And obviously it's like socially more acceptable. Like when you smoke, like it, he considered it like low class and, or I, I guess like maybe because of his background, he's like, um, he's half black, half Mexican, and he grew up in like the third ward in Houston and like was surrounded by, you know, like people smoking a lot. And he considered it like uh, a low class thing to do. Like, but scumbags like, bags do that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least this is like the end of our marriage. Like when we first got together, he, it wasn't like really that big of an issue and it didn't really become an issue until we were actually married. Um, he would like get sick of me. You know, I, I started working a lot um, more like after we got married, my career kind of took off and I was working like 50 hours, 50, 60 hours a week. But like mentally, that takes a lot out on you. Oh, for and sure. Yeah. yeah. And so when I get home, like make sure the kids are good and be like, I just need a minute. Like, and so I go in the garage and sometimes that minute would be a little bit longer and he would get annoyed. Right. Like, and that's, and then like, when I come back, he would be like, oh, you're just, you're stoned. I can't even talk to you. It's like. Guilt you immediately? Like, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was not. Yeah, I look back on it now and I just think about all the times where he like drank and like, um, you know, have a little bit too much and then like would be like have me up all night because he wants to like talk to me and like be like hey I'd be like I gotta go to bed and he's like no I want to just talk this out you know just not um it was a pretty toxic situation and um anyway like after a little bit of you know him looking up like videos on YouTube of you know, people saying how like, oh, there's marijuana addiction and like, which I know is a real thing, right? <laughs> like, that was not me. I was, I was just like a mom who wanted a break every once in a while. Right. And it would be like the little, uh, it, he would like convince me that like, for a little bit that I was like, I had an issue. And um, I, I look back now and I, I, I didn't like, um, and I think that like addiction is a very serious thing and it was used as like, you have this problem, like you, you, you can't even go like one day without smoking weed and like, 
Anyway, but it was so, used. It was used as a tool against you. And the thing to is, control is, you. You yeah. know, to control you. And the thing that 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 has been said in the past that I think resonates so much is, is like you don't get it unless you get it. Like you can support me. You don't have to like it. You don't have to do it. You can just support me because you know that it makes me a better person and I enjoy it. Even if it's just that I enjoy it. And I think like the main thing here is like you deserve to have control over what you feel like is best for you. And um, there was one point where he consulted um, (laughs) his ex-wife who like is in the mental health field and was saying how, oh yeah, she said that the pharmaceutical medication that I take does the same thing that as the cannabis. So you, he's, and that was like a, um, so that should just further, further prove point. your point. <laughs> it proves your yeah, point. He's like, well, like, why not you're, use a plant you're then? over medicating. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're over medicating, oh. right? Because you're, you're taking these and you're doing this. And, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're oh. right. So <laughs> I got off my pharmaceutical pills <laughs> and use cannabis and, and use cannabis and said, and do you know what? Like that has been the best decision I've ever made. It might've been made in spite, but like my life since then has been so much better. I mean, granted I lost, you know, or I didn't lose, but like I got rid of a toxic relationship and I like, moved across country and like started over. Um, I, you know, started exercising. I lost like 60 pounds. Um, you know, so it's just, it's funny that like, I actually really do think that perhaps I was just on a lot. I was on like the pills I was taking were actually doing more harm than good because I would notice that like when I would run out, I would feel like a little crazy, you know, like I would feel, I would go through the withdrawals of the pills and then I would get moody because of that. And, um, which makes you think like, oh, is this my normal state to be in, you know, but it's not, it wasn't my normal state. It was just the the pills. It was just the medication. I was on like five different things. I was on like Wellbutrin, Xanax, um, Adderall, like, uh, Ambien to help me sleep at night. Like I was on a bunch and I don't, I don't have, I don't take anything now. So besides cannabis and I also will, uh, microdose some mushrooms every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that, I think it's like a combination of things for me personally, like it's the shrooms, it's, um, improving my, my diet. Like I, I don't eat meat a lot anymore. And uh, I, I think that's helped. <laughs> you know? But the problem is I've made so many, like I've started exercising on a regular basis. Like I meditate sometimes. I like go for walks in nature. Like, you know, so, you know, I really don't know what specific thing has been helping, but I really think that all of it, Combined. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because too, I feel like just every, every little bit counts. Just give me, giving you more and more strength to like say, oh, I can conquer this or I can do that or 
you know, and sometimes like, hey, sometimes hearing from somebody who comes from the same place as you, it like opens up that door because at the end of the day, you only know what you know until that other door is opened. Once that other door is open, you're like, oh, shit. People are yeah. doing this like that. Okay. And then you open another door and you're like, oh my God, we're talking about mental health over here. Like it's all good. So it's like, yeah, you get empowered, I think, through some, th- yeah. some of these things. And As then more that- and more people share their stories. They realize that their own stories are unique, but there's a lot of people that are going through similar circumstances. And the perspective, bro, perspective, perspective, and validation, right? We gave you, we validated you, and that gave you the power to make other decisions that led you to other decisions that in the long run ended up being good for you. So, you know, yeah, it just, it's, everybody has a journey. So, you know. Yeah, and... And, um, you know, some of the ways where, and I, I really did want to talk about this part before I forget some of, some of the ways that like he would use cannabis against me, what he would, he called the police on me one time for cannabis, like, like, and he was mad because a police officer came maybe three hours later because you call the police saying like, my wife is smoking weed has weed on her and, and like or is using weed like, yeah, like, like the op- okay whatever guys yeah the officer came and was like yeah so it's decriminalized but just be careful where you get it from like and he actually like took a video of me one time while we were arguing it was just such a toxic situation I just look back on it now and I'm like ah but anyway like he took a video he actually sent the video to my parents and like told my, you my what, parents on me weed or something like smoking? saying like yes I do smoke like yes I smoke weed like yes I am smoking a lot of weed like I remember saying that <laughs> in the video or something like that I get a call from my dad and he's just like what the heck is going on you need to figure this out like but uh, it was I think more he's like more concerned as get- why he's sending a video video to him of you saying something than what yeah of a personal conversation or argument yeah it's just um I think that if you are dealing with this type of situation maybe mine was a little bit extreme um and I think it was just a symptom of a bigger issue which is a controlling abusive relationship which is what in the end it turned out to be because you know he did physically like attack me um or one time he assaulted me when I came home from um shopping after you know a few hours and I was you know sneaking around smoking at that time um I wanted to smoke before I got you know before I went shopping because we all you yeah, know, we, we like yeah. Like take a talk before it. we go. I, and got, then... I get anxiety going shopping. I like to be high when I'm out. Like, yeah, and I went to these these stores. They're like um, discount stores in this area of uh, Houston where I live, and um, I was taking a long time. And he was at home with our children, and 
when I got home, he like accused me of a lot of things. And then um, I told him, which he accused me of cheating on him, which I didn't. Obviously, it was he, but he said cheating it on him like with Mary Jane. Fair. No, he actually said that though. Oh no! <laughs> he ended up saying that you're cheating. You were cheating on him with, with Mary weed? Jane with weed. weed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I told him, I said, "Worry about yourself," and that that set him off. And he like, I remember closed the garage and like trigger warning, you know. Um, but he like came up to me and punched me and I just remember being on the ground and he choked me and I luckily had my uh my phone out and I don't even know how I dialed 911 but like 911 was dialed and I just remember screaming and crying and um he went to jail which um is exactly where he should have been but Um, and I think that anybody who's been in an abusive relationship can understand this. It's hard to get out. It's hard to separate yourself from it. And it's hard to really see that this person actually doesn't really value you or value your life. Um, but you feel like they're injured. You feel like they're, they're broken and we just need to go get therapy or something. So like I, I got, I actually bailed him out. We tried to work things out after that because I did, I really, I really, really loved him. Um, and I now love myself more. <laughs> so I, I, you know, did some work. I, I think going to therapy helped because my therapist that I saw was um what she she told me she's like you know if you want to do this it's like really no reason for you not to it's not it's not that even though it wasn't legal like in the state but then um now getting to you guys like how I found you guys was I was looking up like going through going through a period of time where I was like I felt very alone you know, I was in this marriage and my number one issue in it was the fact that all I wanted, like, and I don't want it to be like that seem like that's all I was doing, but that was our number one issue, like in our marriage was because I wanted to do that. Um, I didn't have a lot of other, like, mom friends that like did it like the only uh, people that I knew that would do were single like no kids you know what I mean like and um so that was another thing was like you're a mom like you're you should set a better yeah you you should be said this is what kids do like you know so I looked up podcasts like I, I I was like searching for a community of like people who were like me, like who um, who you know enjoyed cannabis and used it to cope with their their lives. And um, I found pot smoking moms, and I was like, all right. So I like remember you know going on drives and um, you know listening to your podcasts and like smoking and listening and like take my dog on a walk 
And I was just like, you know what? Like, these are my people. Like, <laughs> and we are people. We, we are your people. We now. are. We super yeah, are. Yeah, you guys are my people now. So I like reached out to you and I was like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, can you believe it? <laughs> and you're like, that's crazy. <laughs> and um, it's just been a great friendship, I think, with both of you since that point. So I'm really, really grateful to you guys for like helping me um, find myself and like realize that I'm okay and I'm good enough just the way I am. And I don't need to change for anybody. So yeah, man. I I mean, we love you (laughs) so much too. And we, and you know what? Like it's, it's a tough situation to be in. And we joke around. A lot of times people like send us, I think there was even like a podcast where someone sent us the question of like, oh, what happens if like you're with someone who doesn't like weed? And we read the question on the air and I was like, dump them, just leave them, just dump their ass. (laughs) But like, you know, it's, it's not, we don't want it to be that. I say that in jest. I say that jokingly. But like you said, you know, there's other things there. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, hopefully that takes, you know, you, you, it, it gives you an opportunity to look into what are all those factors because, you know, there may be more there than the weed thing. Even though I think that's a pretty, you know, especially if you're dating like now, now that, and now when you're back in the dating world, what? Are you gonna lead with uh, it? Yeah. Or are you gonna be like, "Hey, I smoke weed. Do you smoke weed? If you have a problem with that, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know, stop I was, here." I was leading with it for a little bit, but like, I don't now. Like, because it might send but, off a different vibe. Yeah, like one one guy just like what was asking to just come over and smoke a blunt. Like, it's like no, I'm. You take me out on a date. Yeah, right. You know, (laughs) like that. It's just because it's a personal thing now. Like you don't, you don't really do it in public anywhere. It's not like you can go to a bar. Come over and smoke a blunt, but we're going to dinner afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, you can, the first time you meet someone, I, uh, I mean, I would definitely not invite some random over to my house to smoke a blunt. I would want to meet in public. I know you can't oh, no, do that sure. in public, but like, yeah, we I have to. So, huh? I'm so protective of myself now. I think maybe a little too protective. Like I don't want to, I don't want to invite anybody over um, now, like at all. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. I unless unless they've been vetted and you've <laughs> seen them 18 times out in public. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude, I got married at 18. I know nothing about dating, online dating. I or know. Can, you ima- can you imagine dating now? Uh, all my all my boyfriends Ugh. before were guys I met in school. <laughs> it's so, it's so bad. It's so bad out here, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. There's a lot more uh, in the fields playing now, for sure. There's a lot more happening. Yeah, now that you there's know, apps and stuff, it's crazy. I mean, well, I mean, like, I. Oh, oh, you mean like okay? 
Yeah, cross genders, like all yeah, yeah, right. Like, uh, oh, uh, and 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 two and so relationships. Bisexual. People are like bisexual. in m- exact uh, right, or people are in relationships with multiple people now. Like, it's a thing now. Polyamorous, which yeah. is not like a thing that's never existed. It's always existed. Yeah. Now we're just being a little more like open about it, right? I was actually listening to a podcast earlier about decolonizing your sexuality. And it was really interesting about like, I really, I really feel like I need to cite them, but I don't know. Decolonizing (laughs) your, okay, well, what does that mean? So basically the whole indoctrination we have of man and woman, like, yeah, about like, yeah, sorry (laughs) about like a man and a woman who like, it's just the monogamous relationship you're just with each other and only that person. Um, and it's very much like it root dates back to when women and children were property and they like were owned by a man. And um, the idea of owning someone else's body. And actually it kind of is funny because that was, that was like what, uh, you know, my, I, my, my ex may have felt like he owned my my body because he I was married to him and he didn't agree with how I chose to treat my mental health and um you know the my drug of choice I guess but um but basically the fact your partner's um your partner's sexual desires are none of your business because that's that's their business what is your business is how you, you you treat your partner and how your partner treats you and what rules you set forth in the relationship um and so i thought that was really interesting because like jealousy it like jealousy is something that i don't know may may not i don't know now i'm a little high (laughs) i've lost my i felt you i I feel you that happens to me all the time you start getting really deep and you're like oh my god where am i going now no but i feel you jealousy is a powerful thing we've talked about it before it's made people wear a diaper clear across the country yeah you know oh yeah The The astronaut astronaut lady. The astronaut. Just Google astronaut lady diaper. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, yeah, jealousy is a powerful thing. And that, yeah, Yeah. and then that's where controlling comes in. Yeah, I don't think I could share, like, be have an open marriage. Right, you because you're too jealous. Yeah, I would be too jealous. Which I, I I could admit, I know I would be. I mean, because it really, what happens then if it gets, what happens if it like it goes a little over? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing of people with multiple, we know somebody who's been on the show before who, and, and I've wanted to ask her so many questions, but I don't, it's like personal. I don't want to like ask somebody how they maintain multiple relationships but you know, 
How do yeah yeah? How do you? How do you have time for? I don't know. I mean, people have to be very understanding if you're divert. If you're like you know splitting your time with people, you go hang out with. But don't doesn't everybody have to be able to hang out together too? That's what I would think. But sometimes, sometimes it's just like also going out on dates with other people every once in a while, right? Like it's yeah. not like I don't know. Have you seen that show on Netflix? What is it? Easy. What is that? Check if if you're looking for. I feel like I've seen I it. I think there What's was only about? three seasons, but oh, it's about that. It's about you're... different types of relationships, mm, yes. and every episode is a, it's a different couple story. But you oh, come yeah. back to different couples throughout I, I, the seasons. I know. I remember. And there's this, this yes. one couple that they're they've been together since like right since college, and they start and seeking they have out kids, and they decide to start an open yeah. relationship. Yeah, the yeah. wife is the one that decides she wants to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so they both start going on dates with other people and sleeping with other people. Her first time with was like, was with like a stranger. Yeah. His first time was with like somebody he's flirted with right at a, in a work environment yeah. and stuff. And he, he actually falls in love with this other person. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. But yeah, but okay. it's like it gets crazy and gets complicated. And after a while, she doesn't want to do it anymore. And he's like, Oh, this works for me though. But right. neither, they, neither one of them wanted to leave each other. But now she was kind of backpedaling on the. Uh huh. Yeah, because jealousy. Because oh, you didn't get out of it what you wanted to, but he did, and now he wants. Like yeah. it's like a really difficult thing. Yeah, I I, I feel like yeah. that would be so much drama to add to like already being a, a parent. <laughs> but so for some people, I can't it works. even get in one relationship right now. So I know how. <laughs> how do you multitask like that? You gotta have. I don't know. I'm so scared to like, and I think. I've just been going after like unavailable people so, like, to go, like people who live like across the United States, which I know? would understand is like, there is an allure yeah. to having a relationship with someone far away because like, you don't always have to be with them. And but when, when you're you together, are, you're together. You're like to get, yeah, it's and great. It's and then it's like, Oh, you gotta go now. Yeah. So far. Okay. And then like, <laughs> Bye. And TikTok, you know, TikTok's made me realize a lot of things. Like one thing I, I did realize I am bisexual. Um, I don't know. I, I think I haven't told TikTok you guys this, has but... made lots of people realize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I'm, so high, yeah. sca- I'm so scared to like even explore that at this point. Like I'm just kind of sitting with that like fact at this point. <laughs> I would feel, I, but I kind of would feel, I would feel a little more comfortable maybe seeking out dates in that community though you don't think you wouldn't feel safer yeah. going on uh, on on a date in that community i could i can understand just taking that apprehensiveness for, to... for going on a date for the first time with a girl with a with a woman you know what i mean it's so acceptable so dating though. apps are, dating apps exhaust me right <laughs> and so but like, like that's like the only avenue i can think think of because I'm also like, I also have crippling like social anxiety. So it takes me a lot to like get out and go do things <laughs> um, sometimes. Um, well, maybe not. That, that might have been an exaggeration. But like, I think since I've moved here, um, I don't like get out very much because I don't have a lot of people to go out with, right? Like um, moving in a pandemic has been um, hard that way. <laughs> Um, 
but anyway, so I could go to like a gay bar and just like see what happens, but I have like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You haven't tried, da- uh, you haven't tried dating apps from that angle. I have done dating apps, but I get, I'm really bad at dating apps now because I don't keep up with conversations. But you, oh, put, but you put bisexual and you've sp- spoken to women through dating apps. Right. I mean, I don't, I, I, that's what I would, I would, that's what I would say when I mean, like, it might be safer con- talking to women on dating, other women on dating apps than it is men, because I have heard some oh, crazy true. fucking stories and mm-hmm. the kinds of conversations where guys get aggressive and like name calling and kind of stuff like that when you don't pay attention to them. Oh, yeah. you turn a guy like that's what i've i've actually dealt with a couple of guys like that have um that have like been mean after and i've had to like block them and then that really triggers because i actually developed um you know ptsd after (laughs) my um divorce and everything and so i realized that like and that's another thing is I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, yes, I, I do like women. Like I'm attracted to women, but also right now I've, I'm, I have PTSD like from a man. So. Right. You're trying to work maybe that. That's, yeah. Contributing. Maybe that's playing in, you know, <laughs> I don't want to just go do like try to be. With right. But like, what's, I don't know. Because I, of that, like, I had seen a TikTok about a girl who, who was like, had gone on her first date with a woman and was like, Oh my God, I had the best fucking time. But I feel like you could go on a date with a woman under the pretense of like, yeah, you're, you know, going to, you're going to have a date, but like, not like, like you're just going to hang out. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I could do that. I'm, I'm, I'm empowering you, girl. I think you could do it. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like in the, in this world, right? I feel like, I don't know. I, is there toxic women out there? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But in the dating community on apps and stuff, I don't know. Maybe I've never been in that situation, so I wouldn't understand. But I feel like being amongst other women is kind of a little bit more com- comforting. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of women try it it's i've seen that happen from trauma like, right like I had right a family member that relived trauma of about abuse that she had from a man and right after that she went into a relationship with a woman right it was the only relationship she ever had with a woman and then and then she went back to dating guys yeah well but you know what but if i'm not she, saying that's you right but but but, but, but yeah, see and why you're thinking maybe right you don't want to play yeah. you don't want to play that trope right i get it but at the same time like maybe her dating that her dating that lady helped her yeah, I, like helped her in whatever maybe. way it needed to happen People can have relationships on the pretense of like, hey, we're having a good time right now. We're just hanging out. We don't really like set intentions for the future. You you get what I'm saying? I don't know. Yes, but. Yeah. Or maybe know. she just didn't continue pursuing women because I'm sure my family gave her shit about it. Like my I grandparents, mean, you know, it's, I'm it, sure they did. I don't know. I was a kid. Yeah. So. And our Spanish fa- family, you know, like they, Spanish families. And yeah. Stuff, but still. 
That's why it's like, don't be worried. Don't do it just on the basis of your like worry to fall into this trope of like, oh, battered woman now seeking relationship with like, okay, yeah. but just don't worry. Don't please don't let that play so into you what your decisions are like. Yes, maybe, but maybe not. Like, who knows? Like, you can't really, you know, whatever. I'm trying to organically let things happen. I can, like, I'm yeah. trying to go with the universe and have the universe take me in whatever direction I want to go to, like, or I should be going in. Um, and I, I also think I may need some more therapy before I try to have another relationship too. And that's because healthy. I don't want to bring... Yeah, I don't want to bring in any like negativity or like, you know, how people who get cheated on their next relationship, they're like hyper vigilant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to to them, their partner and like making sure their partner doesn't cheat on them right. if they don't get the help that they they need, right. you know, so I'm trying to be self-aware. <laughs> And have my next relationship be a healthy relationship. So Self-awareness. we'll see how that goes. But also, I kind of just want to have fun too. And, you know, we're gonna have I'll fun. figure it out. <laughs> Girl, just want to have fun. How long have you actually been smoking? So I started uh, when I was 16. Um, and I actually... Um, I lived in Saudi Arabia when I first started. Um, yeah, (laughs) I, I know, right. Um, I (laughs) should have had, so I, um, my father worked for a company that did, had, that like did business over there. And so I was in high school and they had, you know, I would have friends who had friends that would bring over hash to um our compound and we like so I I remember I was super spoiled I was I was um I was like the compound we lived on had like lots of pools on it and also I could buy cigarettes there um and (laughs) even like at the the local shop and like even my mom would go like complain I think after she found it I like was I started smoking cigarettes which I don't do that anymore um but I did when I was a, a bad little 16 year old teenager <laughs> you weren't supposed but anyway to. so I would I would empty out a cigarette and I would burn off some of the hash and like put it in the tobacco and restuff the cigarette and like um just be by the pool in Saudi Arabia smoking it was just I don't know <laughs> so that did you smoke hash before you ever smoked flour yeah I did that was before I ever smoked flour so the first time I smoked flour was when I moved back to the United States and um it was in high school uh, I don't really remember exactly who got it for me but um I I know that I would f- quite frequently take a like a Coke can and put holes in it and like, <laughs> you know, make a little pipe and yeah. like smoke out of a Coke can, which is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> but as a teenager, like I, you did what you had to. We couldn't have bowls and stuff. I did it. I did it with a water. We bottle. did it out yeah. of a pen, like a, a, a ballpoint pen. 
my friend used to do. You take the stuff out of the inside out and flip the cap around and jab it in. And she made like a bowl out of a ballpoint pen and we're smoking out of that. You know, I really um, wanted to say one more thing um, about that. I think this is really important and this has nothing to do with what we're talking. Yeah. Okay. No, back to the thing. Back to, I really just feel like it would be, it would be, um, it it would not reflect poorly, but it would be a bad choice on my decision not to say that I think that me as a, a white woman and having that privilege that I do, um, it, which is unfortunate in this country, but like, I feel like if I was not a white woman in the situation that I was in, it w- could have been a lot worse. And I think, and I think a lot about the women who get like, who are um, oppressed by society controlling them with cannabis right like it was just my husband my ex-husband trying to control me but like in in a way I just think about the women who give birth and like they get THC like found in their system and then have their babies taken away like Mm -hmm. which happened like proportionally more to you know black and brown women and indigenous women so like I and I think that like if say I was not a white woman who had, whose husband did call the cops on them, right? <laughs> like because of cannabis, I, I probably, maybe that would have ended up differently. Right. Right. And so I'm very lucky in that. Unfortunately. So I, I, I just want to say, I, I, you, you have to, and I think it's so important for us in this community to understand like the privilege that we have right and to be able to use it to amplify the voices of the people who can't because of it exactly yeah all right and that was our interview with lauren you can find her on on uh, instagram at as at lolo is my name oh uh we'll tag her in our show notes uh she goes by the same on tiktok so we'll tag her on our Instagram because we will we not be on TikTok for a while. We were meant to find her. She was meant to find us. Destiny. That was, it was Destiny. That was crazy. I mean, like, we were just started and she just found our podcast. I know. Immediately. And she, I mean, she remembered how she started interacting with us, but I don't even remember. I just remember talking to her, like, regularly. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, and we talked to a lot of you guys who are our sponsors, too, on on Patreon. If you guys do not know, we have a nice little group over on uh, our Patreon page. Become a patron. You get uh, early access to episodes, full uncut interviews, uh, sessions. You get Zoom sessions. You know, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Zoom so. smoke sessions. Zoom smoke sessions. So come on over to our Patreon page. Thank you guys. Uh, Yanni, Destiny, Lauren, Jesse, Christy, April, Shelby, Denise, Liza, Natalie, Meredith, Terry, and Angelina. You guys rock the house. We love you guys. We do. We're very thankful, extremely thankful for all of our listeners. Yeah, we're so especially thankful for our community on our little 
Patreon community. Absolutely. Yeah, we we thank you guys for listening to us for, uh, I mean, some of you just started, but some of you have been listening to us for a minute. Two years now. Girl, it's been two years. Two years. I mean, I, I don't even want to say two years. It's like crazy to me but um thank you guys so much for listening and um you know uh subscribe rate and review we always throw that in uh reviews uh get our content into more people's ears so um if you like us go ahead and do that uh potsmokingmoms.com if you ever forget about our website <laughs> we love you guys and we hope you have a wonderful thanksgiving love you happy thanksgiving bye bye